Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. You're listening to Wicked Sources, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike, broadcasting live from Los Angeles. Every week, I bring you news information that could affect you, including alternative products that can bring a little comfort to your life. For our awesome culture and community of smokers, vapors, stoners, and all-around hippies, if you like what you hear and you want to stick around, consider subscribing. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. It's a beautiful Friday here in Los Angeles. Happy Friday. We're finally here. So, something that's been on my mind for quite some time, and I want to share it with you. So, let's begin today's show. I've been wondering for a while about a certain aspect of cannabis, and today I had some more free time. And so I decided, hey, let's spend it researching this topic. I had tried months prior to do the same, but I really didn't have any luck. There wasn't much that I could find. What I've been wondering about for the last couple of years overall is why cannabinoid levels keep dropping in, yes, of course, you guessed it, cannabis. It's very high in THC, but... I noticed it for the first time right around 2018, and coincidentally, that was the same year California made it recreational. During the medical era, weed was pretty damn good. It had pretty high levels of cannabinoids. Nowadays, if you're buying recreational weed, it has maybe 0.01% for the entire contents. And that's nuts. I don't understand how it happened or why. That's why I'm continuing this search to get answers. I always felt the medical era had the best product price and consistency. I remember days, the days of $25 caps on eighths. And it was still really, really good bud. But... Because of all the things that are happening, you know, the black market is thriving. The taxation is too high on recreational weed. Uh, the, the product isn't really that good. And the prices are skyrocketing. Now, of course, delivery services have had good prices, but usually the quality isn't, isn't that great. So to add to all of that, we have cannabinoids that are decreasing in quantity. Um, in terms of what you're buying. It's just damn near non-existent now. Cannabinoids like CBD that have shown to reduce the intensity of Delta 9 THC. Uh, The cannabinoids like CBN that promotes sleep and CBG that works to fight inflammation, pain, nausea. It works to slow the proliferation of cancer cells. That's based on research. All of these have been reduced in today's cannabis products. Now, of course, they've been manufacturing them in their standalone products, but if you grew weed, it typically was naturally occurring. As I saw this occurring, I said, why is this happening? This is a plant. It offers many benefits in its natural form. 
How is it that these naturally occurring cannabinoids are getting lower and lower? As I dug further, I, f- you know, I haven't found anything, not even a single article or government-backed you know, documents that hints towards how or why this is happening. And so since I am left to my own devices, I concluded there must be a reason but let's start with the how. I wondered how this might be happening. And the thought came, you know, could it be genetic manipulation of some sort? Anytime I have spoken with cultivators, they have, they have always mentioned the genetics being the most critical factor of a good harvest. That's why I thought genetics was probably the first place to look at. It made me wonder if there may be a possibility that today's cannabis has been altered to fit a new customer base. So that brings us to the why I thought to myself, well, now that we have recreational and not medical, that leads to serving a different customer base. People looking to get high, not people looking to alleviate physical or emotional trauma. I've also watched the cannabinoid industry grow for the last seven years. I'm, I'm in the industry myself, the industry that I speak about so frequently. All of those products are derived from hemp. But cannabis has always had the multitude of cannabinoids naturally in some kind of acceptable quantity. This is the first time we see such a drastic change. And naturally, the other thought came to mind. There's a lot of large investors coming into the space. The first one I immediately thought of was Monsanto. If you're wondering who Monsanto is, they started in 1901. It is an American agrochemical agriculture biotechnology corporation, generally known for producing genetically modified organisms, having bad environmental records, using dangerous pesticides, and clashing with local farmers. This is one of the reasons I consider genetic manipulation because of what we know about this company's past. I did more digging on their work in the cannabis industry, and sure enough, I did get several headlines, but the most notable one here was Monsanto poised to take over the weed industry, and that was published in 2013. Though there isn't any direct evidence that they have done what I'm talking about the genetic manipulation. The fact is that it's still happening. Someone's behind it. Another question arose in my head as I did more digging and reflecting on this. Is industry beginning to separate cannabinoids from the cannabis because it's more profitable to have them as a separate products? Or perhaps it has more to do with the combo. To give people the benefit of cannabinoids in all states, it would need to have low Delta-9 THC levels. The federal limit on all derivatives must be 0.03% or less for the entire contents of a product. 
that would solve the legal barriers and issues for all states that wanted to allow their communities to participate in the business opportunity it presented, but also the benefits that cannabinoids provide for their users. So it's it's not like they couldn't do that and leave cannabinoid levels in cannabis alone. Both could have been possible, I think. So why was the choice made to go this direction where they separate all the uh, cannabinoids from cannabis products that are sold recreationally, um, but then turn to the farm bill that was passed in 2018 and look at farmers to grow hemp to use those to extract cannabinoids and put those into separate products like the CBD drops and uh, the CBG drops. There's quite a few different applications like gummies and vapables and um, flour you can smoke. It's uh, numerous ways to use these products, but it doesn't make sense to me. They could have just left cannabis alone and it would have had those cannabinoids in it already for those people buying recreationally. And then for those that just want CBD and CBG and CBN and CBA, they can, they can just buy the products that are, you know, made for that purpose only, no THC. I did, however, search Twitter and LinkedIn and various places, social media, to find a cannabis expert to join me on this podcast as a guest to discuss what they know about these changes in hopes that we can get some clear answers. The search, unfortunately, continues, though, until I do find somebody willing to sit down with me on a Zoom call and talk about it in great length. Um, These are probably somewhat of industry secrets could explain why I have not found any um, details. I've looked pretty much everywhere uh, that would um, either give me an article or kind of case study or something. They're they're not telling us because they don't want us to know. That's my thought. Um, Or it's just under the radar. But this is something pretty drastic. As I said, it's not something small. Um, Somebody's growing this weed, and whether they know it or not, it just doesn't have the same medicinal applications it once did. So then if the cultivators don't know, then it's got to be the people who are uh, dealing with the clone banks or the seeds themselves, and of course... What are they doing genetically to these things so that when they grow, they're giving you a lot of THC, but not a lot of, or very little or none, to be quite honest. Like damn near none of the other um, cannabinoids that have been proven very useful for medicinal use. What do you guys think? As always, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me on today's show. We're going to take a short break and come back with the next story. Before I begin today's podcast, I want to shout out my sponsor, Anchor.fm. If you've ever wondered about starting a podcast, now is the best time. 
Anchor.fm allows you to record, add music, transitions, and so much more. They'll even help you distribute your podcast to multiple platforms, all automatically. Anchor.fm. Try it today. All right, and we're back. So, came across this here that was rather interesting, but also really comforting. DEA emboldens Delta 8 hemp businesses by signaling that cannabinoid is federally legal. States are increasingly moving to ban or restrict Delta 8 THC products as they gain popularity, particularly in the jurisdictions without legal marijuana markets. But as regulators contemplate the legal status of the cannabinoid, officials with the DEA are signaling that at the federal level, at least, it's not a controlled substance at this time. Hemp industry advocates are touting recent comments from DEA representatives who responded to inquiries about Delta-8 THC. Officials with the federal agency have indicated to state regulators that only products containing more than 0.3% Delta-9 THC, the most commonly known intoxicating cannabinoid, is controlled. But the 2018 Farm Bill that legalized hemp does not explicitly ban THC isomers. And so from a federal perspective, the DEA seems to be saying that there are no explicit prohibitions on the other newly popularized cannabinoid. That said, the agency doesn't control hemp unless it crosses the potency threshold to legally transform into prohibited Delta-9 cannabis. Otherwise, the crop and its derivatives are in the jurisdiction of the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the FDA, the latter of which recently issued warnings about possible adverse health effects from Delta-8 products. Hemp businesses are highlighting two recent DEA comments on the issue, one from a letter sent to the Alabama Board of Pharmacy in September and the other during a virtual town hall hosted by the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services in June. During the town hall event, DEA chief was asked flat out whether the agency considered Delta-8 THC illegal. He said, in quotes, What I want to say, and I'll be very, very deliberate and clear, at this time, I repeat again, at this time, per the farm bill, The only thing that is a controlled substance is Delta-9 THC greater than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. In the more recent letter to Alabama regulators, DEA further explained that cannabinoids extracted from the cannabis plant that have a Delta-9 THC concentration of not more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis meet the definition of hemp and thus are not controlled under the Controlled Substances Act. The agency said, in quotes, only tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC, in or derived from the cannabis plant, not synthetic THC, is subject to being excluded from control as a THC in hemp. It further clarified that Delta-8, synthetically produced from non-cannabis materials, is controlled under the CSA, But what is synthetic THC? After all, Delta-8 THC uh, products are most commonly made by synthesizing legal CBD from hemp. According to the letter, 
DEA considers unlawful synthetic THC products to be those that are produced from non-cannabis materials. Some hemp advocates see that as a green light for CBD-synthesized Delta-8. That is somewhat relieving and comforting that the DEA definitely sees the difference between the two. So a recent decision to ban Delta-8 THC products were passed in Texas and there was an uproar and there are some who are following that law and some who are intentionally breaking that law. It's, um, it's a difficult topic, but we have here the DEA outlining exactly what we should be looking at and the words being used are very specific. Regardless, the DEA's new comments on Delta-8 do not undo any state bans on the substance. FDA, meanwhile, is making clear that it's aware of the increased market demand for Delta-8, but it has yet to become or to move to ban the products. The agency also announced a plan last month. It said, Novel data sources like Reddit to gain a better understanding of public health issues surrounding use of Delta-8 and other cannabinoids, such as CBD. And I did cover this. Reddit is a great community, and it's rather rather interesting that the FDA wants to go there and see what people are saying about these products and how it is they're finding benefits. There's a lot happening in our awesome culture and community of smokers and stoners, A lot of products are being developed every single day. I can tell you that I use Delta-8. I like it more than Delta-9. And it's it's been working well for me. In fact, I got my wife to smoke a joint with me not too long ago. She hasn't smoked in like five or six years. And she loved it. She found it to be very mellow. It didn't spike her anxiety. She felt she felt as if she did back when she smoked more often. Of course, back then, we did have much better medicinal cannabis available to us. What do you guys think? I'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right, everyone, let's give a shout out to our sponsor. This episode of the Wicked Sources podcast was brought to you by Lyft. Lyft Delta 8 products. They make flour, they make pre-rolls, edibles, and cartridges, as well as disposable vapes. If you're wondering what Delta 8 is, it is a component of hemp. It is derived from hemp and for the most part is legal nationwide. You can find it in stores and online. It is a mellower version than the THC found in cannabis. Most people find it to be rather pleasant, including myself. If you want to catch one of these products, hop on the site wickedsources.com and place your order today. They are all on sale at this very moment.